Are we go? Wait, are you, are you want to go? We I'm rolling. Are you rolling right. just for as a backup? I am. Okay. I'm at, I'm, I'm backing it up. I'm back. Beep. 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 Back it up. Beep. I'll take Beep. it. <laughs> wow. The Thunderbirds? Really? Hey, you're, you're listening to a photography podcast, obviously. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> uh, it's it's Tuesday, March the eighth, eighth of March. Is that the Ides of March? I think when that's that? the fifteenth. Okay, so we got one week before the Ides of March. Yeah, yeah. That'll actually be uh, next week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Brutus. Yeah. Beware, Jeffrey. Right. Uh, traitor. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's it's Tuesday. It's uh it's uh on taking pictures. Weekly photography podcast with Bill Wadman. Yeah, me, that's Jeffrey me. Sidoris. That's you. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so we're talking about Toto. So, been quite a year uh, since geez, here it you goes. went away. Here it goes. <laughs> they were they were a tight band. Oh, they're didn't, so good. Uh, was it per- Jeff Porcaro that died like from a bee sting yeah. or something? Well, so. Did he like, went into anaphylactic shock or something? Yeah, they, they they said it was some sort of reaction. Some people say that it was like he had a heart attack because of cocaine use. People in the band say he wasn't even the guy who partied. Like, yes, he occasionally used cocaine, but like he was not a drug guy by by any stretch of the imagination. Hmm. And that it, he was actually spraying uh, pesticides that day, right? And they think that he had a reaction to the to the organophosphates in the in the pesticides. Ah, uh, okay. And 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 some sort of massive some... allergic reaction. Yeah, exactly. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, actually. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that kind of stuff happens. Um, right. I guess. Anyway, so yes, Toto's good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> how do we get on Toto? Uh, how do you not talk about Toto at some point? <laughs> how, yeah, how did we not get? Come there? on. <laughs> uh, right, I, so I had a friend we... in high school that was a huge Toto fan. He's the one who who first got me into uh uh. Prog rock, you know, King Crimson, yeah, yeah, sure. and, and first turned me on to Yes, uh, Skyler was his name, and uh, they had a they had a band, uh, like a Yes kind of tribute band called Cinema. Of course they did. Yeah, like moving pictures. Is that what is that the joke? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> high school. What are you What are you going to do? It's high school. I, I got I've I've gotten into a new band in the last like two hours. I, I was listening to the 1975. You know this like British band. I I know only one song by them. It's catchy. It is. It is. It was pretty good. Apparently, their new record is number one without being on Spotify. That was the article I was reading this morning, and I was like, "Who the hell are these people?" And I went and looked them up, and there I was like, "This is actually these guys can play." They were good and it's catchy. Oh, so so you hadn't heard of them before. No, but that's not surprising. Like I don't, I don't have a, I don't have cable or anything, so I don't know where I would have bumped into them. You know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, apparently they played on SNL and stuff. I just, I just, I'm oblivious of that stuff. The um, 1975. Yeah, is that that's what they're called, right? I don't know. Is it there's uh, uh, the is in there? It's yeah, not just I think 1975. It it's the 1975. Yeah, because the the is always before 1975 whenever they're writing about them. But the T and the is lowercase, so I don't know what to think. Maybe it's just 1975. I, I don't know what. All these kids are like 12 years old. I don't know why they're talking about 1975. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? I, I, nothing. No, it's good. It's, it's like good. I was watching a video this morning of like 16 year old kids trying to boot up Windows 95. Did you see this video? No. 
And they're just like, is this like the first computer? And the guy's like, uh, no, the first computers were the size of rooms. And they're like, well, it's kind of like the first computer to me. Wow. And they're like, how do you even go on the internet? Internet Explorer it won't connect. That's because you need dial-up. What's dial-up? <laughs> What's dial-up? Yeah, they're just like, there's no Wi-Fi on this? That's what one of the girls says. How did you guys live without Wi-Fi? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Kids these days. How do you live with... What do you mean there's no Wi-Fi? Yeah. What kind of hell is this? In the old days, we didn't even have Ethernet. Right. Right. Uh, so so genius. Oh, my gosh. Good stuff. Yes. But you know what? At the same time, I was thinking about that video and that kind of stuff where, where you know, the old, like, kids don't know how it was back in the day or whatever it is. But the things that I'm interested in, recording or photography or computer stuff, like, I know the history even if I didn't live the history. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Are you that way with the things you're interested in? Or Abs- is- oh, come on. Are yeah, you, exactly. you really want to ask me that? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, so Obsessively I wonder, so. Because videos and all those kinds of things kind of make it feel like people never think about history or they never think about the old things. But like, you know, you and I think about the old things all the time. Right. You know, even if even if I never used, if I never made a dye transfer print, I know what a dye transfer print is and 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 how it was made. Right. You know, even though you can't do it anymore because the chemicals don't exist, you know, I wouldn't be like people had to make three different things and align them and put them on the paper. What is this? Why didn't they just use an Epson? You know, like, why didn't they just use an Epson? You know, <laughs> why didn't they just go to Best Buy? Come on. Oh, that's you funny. know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's like I, I, I kind of I find the progress in any sort of field as interesting as the now. I do too. And and to be fair, that's <clears throat> it's it's one of the reasons that I have uh clicked so much with DC is is that what you just said, you can go to any of, you know, 25 museums yeah. and see that iteration. You can see the guy that 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 looked at this widget, whatever that widget is and said, "You know what? Yeah. Hmm, if I just did this a little differently, then I can get this thing." Yeah. You know, and you can see those progressions and learn about them. And you can just and, make this just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, there was, you know, the guy, Tomlinson, the guy who came up with the at symbol mm-hmm. for using an email died this week. And I heard that. Yeah. And they were talking about him on Daily Tech News Show, you know, the Tom Merritt one. Yep. And he was talking about how, you know, Tomlinson came up with this whole idea of like originally there was a messaging system inside of Unix that lets you send messages to other users on the same machine. So I'm in there working on something and I want to leave a message so that when you come online, you see a message, right? So mm-hmm, there was some sort mm-hmm. of message thing. And he and they thought, well, we're now on this ARPANET thing. Like maybe there's a way to send it to a user on another computer. So it would be Jeffrey at the other computer. Um, uh, okay. Okay. And that's but, where that whole the thing other, came from. That at was a box. It wasn't it wasn't a domain. Yeah, well, well, it was getting there, right? Like, Mm -hmm, that's where it was mm -hmm. heading. And he figured out how to do this. And some people say, well, yes, he did that. But then in 1982, it was the guy who actually named it email, you know, some Asian guy or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, well, that might be true. But like, everyone put a little brick in the wall. It's very difficult to point to any specific thing and ever say like, this is the guy or the girl who did this first. 
You know, there aren't that many examples. I mean, like take music, right? I mean, you could take the Beatles or Elvis or, you know, uh, even, you know, Rocket 88, the, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Ike Turner, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like, and you can say, oh, which was the first rock and roll song? Well, you know, you can always find one that was six months before that had a lot of the feel of the one that you think is the first one. So how do you ever describe that as the first one? You know, what was the first you know, fashion photograph made. Well, you could go back to the 19 teens or the 1880s and, you know, um, you could argue that it was the, the guy getting his shoes shined. Yeah, exactly. Go right back to Daguerre. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's always just like one little brick on this larger wall. And, and, you know, I think we, you and I are guilty sometimes even of saying, Oh, this is the guy who started doing this. And it's like, well, those are easy shorthands a lot of times, but everyone we know, and yeah, describe it, 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 got their yeah. stuff from a billion other people. It may, yeah, you know? yeah. It may be the 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 first guy that or girl that was widely recognized for that. Exactly. But you're right. Yeah. If we go back far enough on the timeline, there's yeah. probably something else there. Yeah. I mean, look at remember when we were did uh, like Cecil Beaton and all those people mm-hmm, like from mm-hmm. back in the. Tw- it's like some of the fashion stuff they were doing was really hip even today. You yeah. know. Well, and, and people are ripping it off even today. It, it, Exactly. And that, yeah. And that's the thing. And, and I'm sure beaten ripped it off from some other guy, you know? Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of like that idea and you're right. You go to air and space and you walk around and you go, Oh wow, look, they were still using tubes. And then somebody thought, Oh, it'd be easier to do with transistors. All right, well let's get transistors in here. Now it's, you know, half is half the size, Mm -hmm. but now we have these other problems because transistors are really early on and they actually have more problems than the tubes they've replaced because the tubes were a mature technology. And this isn't the same thing with digital to analog to digital photography, you know, Right. Early digital kind of sucked. It had all kinds of advantages, but it wasn't as good as analog because analog was really mature. You know, um, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting stuff. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, just keep going, man. Go, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running down the road. <laughs> you're like, hey, you're like Forrest Gump running in there. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slide something up just because it kind of melds into this. Yep. Uh, so last night, uh, my friend Kent Miller came over. Okay. Um, Hi, Kent. Uh, yeah, a friend of the show, Kent. Um. Came over. I, I and, can't think of the name Kent. I can't hear it and not think of Real Genius with Val Kilmer. Yes, but Kent was the was the annoying guy in that one, right? Well, it just it still reminds me of the movie. Yeah, with the, with the, with the implant in his tooth. Right in his tooth. <laughs> Kent, <laughs> you're touching yourself. You are God. <laughs> um, the I was, uh, I was hot and I was hungry. <laughs> Such a great. If you have not seen Real Genius. Go rent it. Go find it. It's, it's Real a, Genius it's a is a classic. Funny movie. Yeah, classic. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Kent was over and we were taking some corner portraits and hanging out. And uh, and he brought over, he had his Leica monochrome with him. Mm-hmm. Mm, tasty. And uh, and he had, his, he had a D4X, the Nikon D4X. So as you were saying, uh, remember you've mentioned a couple times, you're like, next time you should try to do some corner portraits with like three different cameras. Right. Well, same setup. Yeah. I shot some pictures with three different cameras last night. Um, and, and, uh, same, same, uh, settings, same lighting, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, what's interesting. You actually have to change some of that a little bit just because the curve of the sensor and the sensitivity of ISO 100 on one camera is not exactly like another, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta kind of play with the settings a little bit to get equivalent stuff, but yeah, essentially equivalent uh, exposure settings and everything like that. So I took some with the Nikon, which is what, like a 16 megapixel, 18 megapixel, the the D4X. I think it is. With a 24 to 70 zoom. I was using a zoom on that. 
mm-hmm. and then I was shooting the 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 Leica monochrome with a fifty and a thirty five, and then um uh and then some with my Canon. And I I've gone through them and and I mean they all have their own character. Um, although you it, know, is the Leica monochrome all that they say it is? Yes. It's is it, nice. Is it ten thousand dollars more no. impressive or eight that whatever it is? No, not to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I wasn't out on the street shooting with it, you know. Right. Um, and I can I, I haven't finished the pictures, but I'll put them up today. So I'll I'll add a link to the show notes when, when I can, or we can talk about it next week. Um, it it's nice, you know. It's 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 what's interesting about it though is that you one thing you do lose. It's very sharp and it's very clean, but the one thing you do lose is the ability to do black and white mix, right? Oh, Where, uh-huh. Because because it actually is monochrome, you can't like pull up reds or blues or you know what I mean, like move. So that there, stuff there are around no post. sort of filter simulations. No, built in. no. And when you sh- when you when when you well, there actually might be built in, but that's only for the JPEGs. For the raw files, you just get this flat thing. No, mm-hmm. it can, actually, it can't be because because there yeah, is no how, information. There's no to color have. space in a yeah. raw file. How do they and do it? If if you when you open it up in Lightroom, it says this is a grayscale image. Like we're in that uh, hue saturation oh. luminosity thing. It yeah, says yeah. grayscale image, like nothing there. Like there's actually a hole where it should be. So it's can, it's weird. I guess you could split tone it still, couldn't you? You could yeah, add- you could you could add toning afterwards. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't done much of, but you know, it looked good. You know, and it, and it took a lot of it took processing really nicely. Was it monumentally better? No, but like all these cameras look so good nowadays. Anyway, you right, know, it's like right. you know, it's splitting hairs. Um, uh, I also played with the that that Nikon, which was actually pretty cool too. And it's a big uh, camera. It is a big camera. I you know what I found interesting about it was that the 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 white balance setting that I had to use on the Nikon versus the Canon was way different. Like to get How so it, it, to to get them to look like equal kind of color tone. The the Canon was at like fifty two hundred, fifty three hundred, like you know, in the daylight range, mm-hmm. and the Nikon was at like forty seven fifty. Huh. That's a, yeah. that's kind of a big difference. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just the way it sees the light or the way that. Lightroom, you know, converts the the Nikon raw files, or I, you know, I don't know. I I didn't. I haven't done. Do you use any tests. sort of like a, like a passport for for white balance, or do you just use one of the oh 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 like standard like do I st- settings? Do something? I stick a gray card? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, my 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 strobes are firing at daylight, so I you know it shouldn't be that far off. You know, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I go in and I do it by eye at that point. I mean, I have before gone in and done daylight, but sometimes the tubes on these things are. 5200 as opposed to 5600 so you got to play a little bit right and my my beauty dish that i use is is kind of a crappy old beauty dish and when i got it the paint on it was not a good white so oh on the interior of it yeah so yeah. when i when i first got it the white wasn't good to the point where if i shot with just the beauty dish and i wanted it to look like level correct uh the white balance had to be at like 6500 like way off Huh, uh, just to correct and, for the for the yeah because it was so warm the, huh. the 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 paint that was on it was like so like a little yellow um so to compensate for that i had to like do all kinds of crazy stuff uh or i mean to, it was cool rather and i had to bump it up hmm. um and so but i ended up repainting it i spray painted it to get it back to where it was because i need it to be closer to stock because if i want to mix it with other lights I need to have the colors match right, better. Right. Um, anyway, this is all to say that I, I used that monochrome and it was really nice. I used the Nikon. It was really nice. And I used the Canon. It was really nice. You know, is there a little more 
dynamic range on that Nikon? Yeah, maybe it has those Sony sensors that have a lot of dynamic range. Was it night and day? Nah, you know, it was fine. I, you know, I, I could totally see myself buying a D8, a D810 and a few Nikon primes. Like sell my Canon uh, well, stuff yeah, and or, go or that the, way for my next computer. You know, they've got the D5. Either, yeah, either enough, out or coming out. Yeah, not enough pixels. Like if I'm going to mm. do it, I want it for more pixels, you know? So mm-hmm. I think the D810. Plus D810 is cheap. It's like $2,000. You can get uh, gray oh, market it, ones for like 1900 bucks. Really? Because Yeah, it's insane. Wow. Would you Would you have, let me ask you something. Uh, and, and this may be a question for, for listeners as well. Would you or have you um, ever purchased gray market? gear um i have not i don't think i mean they're 2700 retail which is still a good deal for the camera um the what what do you I, do you have to send it to another country for warranty repair in that case or do yeah, you have to go I to mean, a private repair facility i have never bought it myself but i have been at say adorama or bnh when they're just like you know, this one is two ninety nine, or you can get the gray market one for two sixty nine, and I'm like, right. eh, I'll take the U.S. Thanks, right, right. You know? and, th- and they'll talk about, oh, well, it has the same warranty. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to risk it. Just give me the one that Canon knows was made here, or you know, made for here. Um, I wonder what uh, the. I mean, I, I, I'm. I think the idea my is they're buying it. it and importing it themselves, or something, rather than going having through... Canon import it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm assuming. It's something like that. I I personally don't do that. I'm just saying that the you know these cameras are pretty cheap. But it's not know. like and and again, I apologize for my ignorance. Like a lower this. quality. Yeah, lens. it's not like a blem or a or a B grade product. No, is I don't. It? It's just I a don't different think so. Import status. Yeah, I think so. Yes, hmm. I think that that is correct. Uh, somebody might be able to correct us, but that yeah, was you've got my, some that's info, my understanding. Uh, podcasted on taking pictures. Um, I I don't see that as much. The whole gray market thing. I think because so many people buy online now and almost all the online people are, you know, just like if you buy it on Amazon or you buy it on Newegg or you buy it on whatever, like right, you're not going right. to get gray, gray stuff from them. You know, you used to get gray market stuff from Adorama or from 47th Street Photo or, you know, right, whatever right. you're going to buy it from. Photo or something. Exactly. Someplace yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's whenever I think about, like I was looking at the the new Canon, you know, the 5DS and I was yeah. like looking at prices and somebody had it for six or eight hundred dollars less than anybody else and i'm like gotta See, that, be gray market to me, right that's a little suspect right yeah when it's when it's that large of a discrepancy that that i mean maybe they're fine i don't know yeah it, i, mean, I just i don't know is. i don't know what what makes it gray market so if somebody wants to write in and say definitively <clears throat> well this is what it is that would be great yeah 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 but it's, anyway. it's weird these these import i mean uh carl taylor sent me uh uh uh, what do you call it? iTunes, an iTunes uh, gift code for a record that he discovered over the weekend. He's like, hey, I listened to this record. I thought you'd love it. Uh, so here. But you go. can't open it. I can't open it. You can yeah, only it's, redeem it's a UK one. the code in the country, that, which is odd to me. What do you care? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I. there, there must be some reason like, because Apple is getting that revenue from that place, that product needs to be sold in that place versus, the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's some legal tax reason. But, yes, it is sort of old, very old economy, right? Like, yeah. we're really I mean, worried even, about. Even if they were to say, well, okay, it's, it's, that record is, is 10 pounds in Europe, but here it's $17. So you have to pay the difference. Okay, I'll pay the difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that is kind of weird. So, what'd you do? Did you send it back to him and just say sorry? I I just sent him an email and said, hey, I I I can't listen. So I bought it. You know, I bought it at the U.S. store. 
but the 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 redemption code was invalid. See, yeah, that stuff's weird Seems and frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so to wrap that up, I just uh, I will say that the monochrome was really nice. I'd love to take it out on the street. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks good. It doesn't. It isn't like oh my god, I'm selling everything I own to buy one. But it's really nice. You know, it's funny having to manually focus. Yeah. You know, if you, once you, What's when you're the used prism to, in it, is it just a, a matte Fresnel prism? Uh, no, it's well, it's a rangefinder. So it's it's like my Leica, right? So oh, right, duh. Okay, duh. Yeah. Duh. Um, but uh, but but even that is is kind of interesting to use because I was using it with strobes too, which is a rare thing. You don't usually use a Leica with strobes, you know. Like I had mm-hmm. a pocket wizard on top of it and was shooting pictures, and it works fine. Is, yeah, it works fine. You know, I mean, the sync speed I think it maxes out at like one sixtieth. There's actually like a little sync setting on the shutter speed dial, mm. um, but it worked fine. Um, cause it was dark in the room and everything. I didn't have to worry about shutter speed that much. Um, and I, I will tell you, I want to get my hands on, on an X pro two with all the reviews coming in. I, I, I want to try it for myself. Yeah. Well, it, it, when is it actually released soon? Uh, some people already have them. Uh, I think it's in stock at B and H. Oh, okay. What are they charging for? They charge a lot of money for it. though. Sixteen ninety nine for the body. Oh, that's not that bad. No, and the 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 th- uh, the thirty five. There's a new thirty five two zero water resistant that's supposed to be gorgeous, uh, and that is, I believe, three ninety nine. Wait, what's the what's the lens? Sorry, thirty five mil two Oh, what do you have on yours? You have a thirty five. I have a thirty five one four, but it's not water resistant. And since the the X Pro two body is water resistant, they you know redesigned the lens, and it's supposed to be. Uh, you know, do you worry nice. about do you worry about weather sealing? That's a good question. Yes, you do. Yes. Have you had problems with non weather sealed stuff? No, but I I am uh, very careful and and particular about you know taking it out if if there is inclement weather. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean I even feel like the stuff that's not quote quote unquote weather sealed is still not really that. It's not See, like that, a couple drops of rain are going to kill it. You know, that's the part I don't know. And I don't, it's, it's not worth, you know, it only takes one drop of water, I would imagine, getting into a place that yeah. it shouldn't be. And it fries the whole thing. And I, I remember somebody talking about they were, they were teaching workshops. Mm-hmm. And uh, some guy came, whatever it is, and they were outside taking pictures. I think it was some like birding workshop or something. I forget where I heard this story. And uh, it started drizzling a little bit. And one of the guys like turned around, picked up his bag and like walked over to his car and put his thing away. And the guy was like, hold on a second. And he walks over to the guy. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, it's going to start raining. I, you know, I don't want to worry, you know, like that right. kind of thing. And apparently the guy was like, dude, your, your camera's not going to melt because it has a few drops of water on it. Like it, I have had lenses die from a sandstorm. Like I was in a sandstorm in, in death Valley once. Right. And and that it was so bad that like my yeah, lens that got little fine up. powdery sand gets in everything. Yeah, and so I ended up I ended up having to get like this twenty eight my twenty eight one eight rebuilt by Canon, you know, because it like started grinding around. Right, but I think that's the only time I've ever had like a problem with sand or water. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so anyway, so so they have that, and they have a couple new lenses, but you have to you have to buy it all to make it work. Right. Well, you don't have to, but I mean, it doesn't make sense for me to have. A- a non-water resistant lens if I'm going to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Usually they're rubber seals on the lens, like on the lens mount, because yeah. otherwise the lens mount will be a weak point. That'll be know? your weak point. Sure. Oh, yeah. and, uh, uh, 
we talked about the the Pentax K1, and you had expressed some concern over the the mechanism on the oh, on the I tilty, didn't watch the video. Screen. Yeah, is so, it good or? Oh my gosh, Alan sent this video, guys. Uh, of of the 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 Pentax K1 uses a new type of armature on the back screen on the little tilty flippy screen, and it. It looks like it would break. I mean, it, it really does. But there's a, a video of a guy holding the camera with, uh, I don't know what kind of lens it is. It's a pretty good size lens. And he's just flinging the camera around, just holding it by the, by the LCD. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching Twisting it, it, flinging it around, and nothing. So kudos, Pentax. Well done. Uh, I can't look- believe that that actually works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. It's just it's a, you know what that's asking for trouble, isn't it? Right. <laughs> like right. it's 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 like on four little expi- You know what it looks like? You know the uh like when you go on the back to the future ride at Universal? Oh, right. And, right. The little motion and, control platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Look kind of like that. <laughs> it's fantastic engineering. I mean, it really it's it's it it looks so simple that it would break, but apparently it is, it is pretty robust. So, well done you Good guys. Good for them. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to play with one. Yeah. The um Anyway, enough camera talk. I just I just wanted to put that out there, and I'll I'll share the results of the um of the the different pictures and see if people can pick out which are which. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, although it's a little cheating because one of them is going to be black and white. <laughs> one of them's going to be <laughs> well. You should make them all I'll, black and white. I'll, yeah, I'll make all black and white versions and see if anybody can pick out a difference. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'll be fine. And then actually. don't don't publish the key. We'll we'll talk about the key next week. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me let me see if I can put that together. Um. All right. Uh. So you you've been reading your uh, Aperture book. I've been reading this Aperture book. Yeah. Uh. Which is fantastic. I didn't realize that Ansel Adams was one of the people who started Aperture. He yeah. He Dorothea Lang, uh, Minor White was was kind of the prime mover there. But this book uh is called Aperture Magazine Anthology: The Minor White Years, nineteen fifty two to nineteen seventy six, and uh, it it is fantastic in that it goes into the genesis of Aperture. Uh, as a magazine and and what uh, Miner was trying to do and how it really was a vehicle for uh, much of Miner White's beliefs around photography. He was he was definitely the prime mover, especially in the early years. And uh, it it there there are essays from the first I don't know twenty five or so issues of the magazine, all really terrific so far. Uh, it's a dense read. It is, uh, let's see here, about 440 pages. It's a big book. So it's, a, it's a thick book, but really wonderful uh, to, to, to read about the genesis of the magazine. They've got uh, uh, all sorts of, of uh, maquettes, mock-ups of, of the magazines that were done, many of them in, in Minor White's living room. Uh, it, just fascinating to see the thing come together. But there, there was an interesting quote that I wanted to ask you about and get your kind of two cents on from Ansel Adams talking about uh, his, his definition or his idea of, of what is a, a professional photographer, what makes a professional photographer. Okay. And he writes, uh, perhaps we can define a professional photographer as one who expresses a constant interest in his medium, who brings to his own work a creative flair and imagination, who becomes a part of the cultural life of his community and who lives partially or entirely by his photography. He must have the amateur spirit in the true sense of the term. If we agree to the earlier and more accurate meaning of the term, amateur means lover. 
A man professes an art because he loves it, whether or not he lives by it or receives remuneration for it. Hence, the sharp distinction of professionalism and non-professionalism based on payment does not make sense. Let us not forget that many of the great advances in photography have been made by the amateur. Uh, And then he goes on to list David Octavius Hill, Julia Margaret Cameron, others. Um, But the core of that taking and adam seems to take money out of the equation entirely yeah and, it's, and it really it's becomes about the devotion to the craft and what you bring to the craft that that to him uh denotes professional or non-professional what do you think of that uh i i think it's good i mean i a professional photographer it's interesting because in some ways he's 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 flipping professional and amateur there right He's saying, you know, he's saying it's the it's the amateur photographers who are the real lovers. And even the people who are making money from photography, the ones that are real true professionals are the ones that are essentially amateurs who are also making money. People who it, love it. And sure. Are part of their sure. culture it, and stuff. The, 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 the passion and, and, and commitment to it comes before the payment from it. Right. And so what would you call a, a, a guy or a gal who makes a living from photography, but doesn't really care much about photography. Or, See, that's that's know? the thing. Is that a, is it is it is it more of a tradesman? Yeah, you know, I guess. I mean, where where photography, it, f- photography as a vocation as opposed to a creative pursuit or or a passion. Even though I, I think that word passion, I've I've come to believe that that word is mightily overused. Loaded, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way to think about it, though. When you when you remove the component that that so many uh, of us and I'm, is I'm in the that dividing mix, line is the dividing line. Yeah. Do you make a living from it? Then you're a professional. Well, I mean, I think that that's the traditional use of the term professional, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is if, your if, profession. Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if you want to make it where no professional means that you are one of the people in your pursuit who is is really loves the stuff is part of the community is, is, is advancing the field forward. Well, I think we need, I don't know if professional is the right word or if there's a better word for that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if enthusiast wasn't all already taken and, and was a really soft word, I would say enthusiast would be a good word. Um, you see what I'm saying? So I, I, I understand what he's getting at. I wonder if he's mixing it all together to the point where none of those words mean anything anymore, you know? See what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's because because if being a professional just means those things, whether or not you make even if you make a little bit of money on the side from it, it's just like, well, okay. Well, what if you're what if you're just an art photographer who doesn't make any money from it, but is clicks all those other boxes? Mm-hmm. You know, you're and independently you wealthy. And you don't need to sell stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know. I'm a lover of the craft and I do it all the time and that's all I think about. And, you know, I don't have personal relationships because I'm too busy taking pictures, you know, or right, whatever. Right. You could be an obsessive, crazy person who is doing more for the art and doesn't make a cent from it. And you would still be a professional according to that definition. You know, does that um, not sit well? Well, it just seems like that's that you're leaving out people who may arguably be the most passionate mm-hmm. <laughs> about about what it is that they're doing. Um, cause for a lot of people, the whole idea of, of making money doing something is actually the, there's the, not to get into that conversation again, but there's the selling out point, right? Like, well, I, you know, 
I love it so much I don't want to make money from it. Well, that's a perfectly valid, albeit, you know, right. uh, like black and white point of view. But like for those people, you could argue that they love it so much they don't want to muck it up with money or commerce. Right, 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 you right. Know? So it's, maybe it's, they- it's the, the guy who starts a band but then resents the fame. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, so for, for that guy, he, maybe he wants to take all those pictures and maybe he should be called a professional because he's the guy who cares about it more than everybody else does. You know? Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think that, I think that the idea of being part of the community and talking about these things like you and I do, and like the people in the group do, and the people who write us in, um, write us in, write into us. Um, they write us in <laughs> they write us in to their books fade in bill on a horse <laughs> jeffrey driving a train <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait a minute why are you in a train and i'm on a horse i, I don't i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna lose that battle <laughs> yeah bill why are you in a train and i'm on a horse <laughs> jeffrey i don't know it just worked out that way bill <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> sorry tune in for our short film <laughs> <laughs> bill on a horse and jeffrey on a train <laughs> Um, in the wild west meets the swamp monster. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I think that, I think that the, I think that the question of somebody who's, who's, who really is part of the community, I think that is a big part of, well, at the same time though, I'm fine with somebody, you know, being on their own and not being part of the community and just enjoying it for what it is. I think the thing about photography is that it is so many things to so many different people. Yeah see two episodes ago when people are yelling at me about street photography. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it could be one thing for you, one thing for me and one thing for somebody else. And like, and that's, and that's what's so great about it. It's like, it's like literature or poetry or, you know, sports. Like some people sports is all about the numbers and that's what they find fascinating. Other right. people find they're, it about the community stat- of, yeah. Yeah. Some people find it the community of the people they watch the thing with. Mm-hmm. For some people, mm-hmm. it's a family thing because they got passed down the love of the Philadelphia Eagles from their dad or whatever. Right. right? I mean, right. this is this is it's and, and, and it can be all those things and more. And it doesn't take away from one person that the other person enjoys it for one thing. Um, but I think that the idea that we all love it for what we love it for and understand that 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 it's like don't squeeze photography so much that you kill it, you know, <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Are you going to kill photography? <laughs> Single-handedly on this show. <laughs> Tune in for episode 203, where Bill kills photography. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I think, I mean, is that is that where his quote ended? Uh, it continues on. It's, it's, it's like an it entire, goes on for 37 It's pages. an entire essay. It's, it's a terrific yeah. essay. I just kind of wanted to, to, to get your say, thoughts on that. I was talking to somebody recently, and they were saying that, you know, for, for many, many years... Ansel Adams didn't make all that much money from photography. None of them did. Yeah. And None apparently and it wasn't, they, he did an ad, an ad for Dotson. Did you, were you and I talking about this? No. Apparently he did an ad for Dotson, which you can still find online. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he did an ad for Dotson where he made a bunch of money. Yeah. Here's yeah. I'll put it, I'll put a link in the show notes for the oh, Dotson yeah, 510 wagon. Yeah. And, a, and somebody I was talking to, uh, was telling me, who's kind of in the know that this was the first time Ansel Adams really made any money in his life. Hmm. Like the, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is, this is when he actually got a paycheck that was more than, you know, enough to keep doing what he was doing. Right. And that wasn't until the 1970s. Well, it's, it's fascinating. You know, you read through this book and these, these early uh, issues of the magazine had uh, portfolios in them that you could purchase. 
And okay. you could you could purchase a portfolio of Ed Weston images for five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Because n- there was no value associated with photography then. Right, right. Well, five dollars in nineteen fifty was also more than it is today. But yeah. Sure, but it's not you right. know, yeah. 10, it was 000. fifty bucks as opposed to right. five thousand. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating that that the value around photography from from these men and women who were doing it yeah wasn't in being paid for it it was it was the results it was the community it was yeah. the dedication though yeah. that was the currency hmm? and they also were in a place at a time when what they had done for 30 years then became something later it's like right. people going back to the old blues men from the south you know what i mean like these guys you know died on the street in their own whatever you know what I mean? Like with not penniless, penniless. But then yeah, people sure. look back and go, Oh, then, you know, Robert Johnson was a, you know, genius, you know, or blind Willie, you know, like right. th- that these guys were, were, and it's like, well, no one cared about them when they were actually doing it. Uh, you care about it now. And I think that's true. I mean, that's true of a lot of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's the, this empathy after the fact thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird. And right? it, it, and it, well, it's kind of interesting. Cause it, I mean, that gets to, the value that we place on these photographers and their work and, and artists of all kinds is in such fluctuation over the course of their lives. And as history changes and merges sure. and, and, and sure. flips, you know, um, well, and, and many, to your point, many of the people that we hold up across, you know, pick one painting, writing music, yeah. they didn't make any money. Right. Yeah. And, and there were it, plenty of people at the 20, time, 30, who, 50 years later that they're now held up as icons. Right. Well, I mean, the same, I was reading, I'm reading this book about, uh, Caravaggio. There's a book called the lost painting. I think it's called, did I talk about this last week? I'm reading a book called the lost painting about these, this team of people in Italy trying to find, figure out if this one painting, which is attributed to Caravaggio is actually a copy of the original. And the original is actually this other one that they found. They're trying to like figure piece this all together. Like a, like a Da Vinci Code type of thing. Well, you know what's really funny about it? It totally reads like the Da Vinci Code. So if you <laughs> like the Da Vinci Code, but you want it to be a little more real, no, it's a true story. This is like a, an actual thing that happened. And it, it won like the uh, New York Times Book Award the year that it was came out. It's actually really good. It's cute. Um, anyway, there's a scene where they're, they, they, they knew that this painting was bought by this one family. And so they contacted the woman who is the last remaining sort of like old lady in this long extended family that used to have a bunch of money and wanted to get access to their records to figure out when they bought and sold and what they bought and sold, trying to like figure out, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, for the painting, um, like a history of it. Yeah. 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 What's the word though? When you, when you're buying something provenance. Yeah. Um, and so they get access to this old crazy woman who's like smoking and reorganizing her family stuff. And they're pulling stuff <laughs> off the wall from 1506 wow. and like looking through ledgers that her, you know, great, 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 great uncle hand wrote, you know, the oh, things wow. that he paid for and stuff. Wow. Wow. And, and, but, but at the, t- but in the, in the preface of this thing, which I, you know, I've been a Caravaggio fan for years, I didn't realize, and I need to do some more research into it was that Caravaggio was not well respected until like the mid 20th century. He had a resurgence hmm. that he was like, eh, whatever Caravaggio. And then some guy put together a show of Caravaggio in like 1951 or something. I'll, I'm getting the dates wrong. And everyone kind of rediscovered Caravaggio. And it's like, so wait a minute for the last 450 years. His stuff was just sitting in museums and people were like, oh, yeah, look at that one. That one's all right. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, he really crushed the shadows on that one, didn't he? Well, exactly. (laughs) And and I guess guess that's the thing is that like 
the art didn't change. Right. Society right. changed. The, yeah, around around him. The way we saw it changed. And 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 I think that's as fascinating as anything, which is arguably why you have to be careful taking not just praise or criticism, but comment at all on art. It's like, well, it kind of stands independent of comment or criticism because it has to, because comment and criticism is going to change whether or not that art changes. Sure. You know? Sure. And I think we, yeah, look and at I, stuff we, we have talked times. about so many people that, that have gone in and out of favor throughout their career or, or posthumously. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. So at a certain point, it's like, well, you know, OK, yeah, they're saying that now about him, that he's the best thing since sliced bread or this guy's worthless. But, you know, 20 years hence, the, the same people are going, oh, he was a genius of his time and so ahead right. of his time. And, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Um, it's like uh, who's the who's the British singer from the 70s who died really young and uh, um, Harry Nilsson. No, no different guy. Anyway. And you listen to this stuff now and it still sounds completely contemporary. Like it could have been recorded yesterday hmm. um, by like some hipster in Williamsburg. Um, <laughs> but only a hipster in Williamsburg. I think it actually might have only been a hipster in Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I spent I spent some time in Williamsburg this weekend, so I know. Uh, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's uh, a good that's a good title, though. <laughs> Only in Williamsburg? <laughs> Only a Only hipster, a hipster in Williamsburg. Williamsburg. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, where do you want to go from here? Uh, well, let, let's maybe this this Van. Since we're talking about artists, uh, there is a uh, a Van Gogh film uh, called Loving Vincent that's coming yeah. out. Uh, I and saw it. It's cool. Every frame of uh, the film is an oil painting. 12 frames they, per second. They actually Amazing. painted each frame? That that's that's the story that's floating around. That's pretty crazy if that's true. Yeah. Uh today I can't this is on Ain't It Cool News, which is a terrific uh, uh site for film related news and and production news that kind of thing. Uh I came across Loving Vincent, a feature-length animated film created at the rate of 12 oil paintings per second. Now take a look at the trailer. Uh, and there are also some uh, behind-the-scenes videos that are included on this page of of how they put the thing together. But it it looks phenomenal. I mean, just the yes. amount of work that's gone into this thing is is pretty incredible. Yeah, could you imagine doing that? No, no. <laughs> with, with the with the, the the way it takes me to do things, Jesus, it would be you know forty years before I'd have the trailer done. I still, you know, we're, I feel like we were talking about this last week too. Maybe we did offline. Uh, I just, you know, you, I go look at stuff that involves a whole lot of hand drawn work. And I just think, how does it look the same at the end as it did in the beginning? I'm so inconsistent. Like, you know, <laughs> like how are your, how are your pencil strokes or brush strokes or whatever? Yeah. Like it, I was talking about, uh, at MoMA, they have that, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's her name's dream. You know, the one where the, the girl's like in the fields of all the, Oh, uh, uh, the hell's her name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 I'm in a blank. It'll come to me. Okay. That one. Uh, I just look at it and I go, wait, how, he hand like ink or, you know, little dab of paint, voop, little dab of paint. Voop. Yeah. He did that for like six months. Like how the hell did he draw an entire field of wheat? And from the left to the right, it looks consistently <laughs> well, like wheat. Think about this. One of the, the there, there are two brothers, uh, Greg and Tim Hildebrandt that I have been a fan of since probably junior high. They did a lot of the, uh, the Hobbit and the Tolkien paintings. 
uh, for for books and calendars and things like that. Oh, I know of this stuff, yes. Okay, so Greg and Tim both work on the painting. One starts at one end, one starts at the other, and they work their way toward the middle. They have identical brush strokes. That's impossible. Right? Crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder if they cross in the middle. <laughs> like, I'll do the detail on your side that you did the basics right, on, and you right. do the detail on the side that I did the Fascinating, basics on. Fascinating, though. You know? Yeah. I will, I, they're called the Brothers Hildebrand. The Brothers apparently. Hildebrand. Yeah. Greg and Tim Hildebrand. I will, I will put a link in the show notes. By the way, the singer I was trying to think of was Nick Drake. Oh, okay. Okay. I know of Nick Drake. I couldn't tell you a song by Nick Drake. You go put on Nick Drake, go find Nick Drake and listen, and you're going to be like, this was recorded in 1971. Hmm. Or whatever, you know, like you listen to it and you go, this is, this is so far. This sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. Like it, wow. it, it's, it's, it's sort of timeless. Let's, let's put a you link know, in. There are the, there are those people like, um, like Bowie and Elvis Costello and stuff who were ahead of their time where you listen to their stuff and you go, this is from 1975, but it sounds like it's from 1982. Sure. Like there's those people, sure. like Radiohead, early Radiohead, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's the people who just sound like they're completely out of time like a lot of the Beatles records and stuff you listen to now and you can go, yeah, this could have been recorded yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. revolver and whatever it is. None of that sounds old. Right. You know, it just sounds That's good. A great record. Good choice. Revolver. Oh God. Revolver. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Record. I was always a rubber soul more than a revolver guy, but, but I'm with you. My mother's favorite was, was, uh, was revolver. Um, yeah, that Van Gogh film looks cool. Wait, is it out already? I don't believe it's out. Okay. Uh, I, I looked around and I didn't see, it's not playing anywhere yeah, just the around trailer. here anyway, but the trailer is fantastic. So take a look. I at wonder it. how, how, what it would be like to watch it. Like, I wonder if it get exo- visually exhausting. See, that's, that's a, that's a fantastic question. I, I, I look at the trailer and I, I, I am, I find myself thinking about the technique more than the content of the trailer. I, you know, you know how, what was that movie that somebody did with, uh, um, Keanu, where it was shot, but then they kind of rotoscoped oh, every uh, single frame. Waking Life, Richard Linklater. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if. Or wait, this no, was wasn't, some... wasn't Waking Life. That was another film of his. It was. Uh... You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. And then they started uh, using it in like a scanner TV darkly. ads. A scanner darkly. Yeah. Yes. And I wonder if this has been mechanized in some way. Because mm-hmm. that would make more sense, right? We actually shot it. But they say, no, they use claymation, dynamation. Oh, no, okay. They're no, referencing, is, they're referencing other stuff. of dynamation, right, which so, was yeah, the, so not, dynamation was the stuff that Harryhausen used for like Seven Voyage of Sinbad and, and right, right, like right, that. right, right. Yeah. People love this uh, uh, stop motion stuff. Yes. My agent wants me to make a stop motion film. and I'm, I'm trying to come up with an idea to do. That's time consuming. What do you mean? A stop motion film? Like, like, a, like the box like troll or something? No, more like, uh, remember that weird one with like the girl in the bed? She's sleeping and it's stop motion. Uh, hmm. You find a link? Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll look for, uh, I love how I found it. There it is. Yeah, it was the Oren Lavi Hey Morning Elegance video. Here, I'll put a link in the show notes. I don't notes know that I've ever heard of that. Here you go. I'll put, a, I'll put a link in your, I'll, I'll add it to the show notes and I also put it in Skype for you. Um, where it's like this girl in a bed. And the whole thing is stop motion. Oh, I do and, remember this. Okay. I do yeah, remember this. Right. Like something like along those lines, like something where it's stop motion, but it's just physical reality. You just shoot it with stills and then merge it all. Are, are they, are they shooting stills or are they shooting video, but only picking every 
fourth. No, I think they're shooting stills because like if you watch it, it's like, you know, things are moving in the frame. So they must have oh, guys yeah. go okay. like move it a couple okay. inches, snap, move a couple inches, snap. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not undoable, you know, Um, just kind of interesting. It's like a whole other way of doing it. Hmm. Yeah, time know. consuming. Yeah. Thousands and oh, thousands God. of frames. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think too, like when you watch um like the Tim Burton stuff. Right. And you go, all right, at the certain point, did they go and re-record the audio or did they record the audio first and match this to the audio? And how do they do that? Do they know that the sound that it's supposed to be making on the third frame of the twelfth second of this scene is a all so they have to have the mouth open? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Aww. how do they how do they do that? And I mean, I know there's like probably logistical answers that make perfect sense to all of these questions. It's just, right. you know, just uh, a whole other ball of wax. While we are talking about time lapse, maybe include this too. This is uh, the end credit. The end credits of the box trolls. They do a time lapse showing the people animating like ghost images of, of the, the oh, animators God. working here. Take a look at this. How do we're pasting just, links back and forth listeners. The, 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 the amount of, time and uh you there yeah i'm here okay uh yeah the amount of time and effort the, the whole hand animation claymation thing just blows my mind oh yeah it, it like it just makes it makes my head hurt yeah the fact so that at, these do the, yeah oh look at that yeah at about 15 seconds you start seeing them isn't that fascinating actually it's just this one guy yeah for a yeah, long one, time. yeah and they back out we see the set it's it's really terrific we'll include this Fun movie too. Yeah, if you haven't seen it. How do people do that? You know what else is a fun movie? I watched this weekend with uh, Holly, our little British friend kid. Um, uh, Despicable Me, the first one. Haven't seen any of those. Isn't there? Aren't no, there the first two one's or three? Pretty of them, right? cute. There's two of them, I think. Two of them. But the okay. uh, I will put this box trolls thing in the end too. It's cute. Credits. Um, yeah, good stuff. Anyway, uh, hey, did we want to talk about the other, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Was that from last week? We talked the a little grading. bit about it. Basically, it's it's. It, I think this was the link that we were looking for last week. I don't. I'm not. Okay, I put it in the sure. show notes for last week. All right, okay. I just wanted to make sure. It yeah, wasn't it's just something color, else we were fascinating color grading. Back then, it was it was revolutionary and new, but now you can do it on your on your laptop. You know, yeah, laptop. Actually, geez, you can do it on your phone. Yeah, right. I was sitting here with uh, Kent last night, and uh, and my wife sent a text to me and I was replying to her and I was sitting here talking to him and I just reached down, slid it over and pressed the little microphone thing and went, don't forget the cookies. Cause she got Girl Scout cookies. Sure. Oh my God. Sure. It's like the, the, uh, the, 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 the dictate dictation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just said, don't forget the cookies and hit send. And it worked like, yeah. you know, cause most it's get that stuff's getting really good. It's And I yeah. was, I, I was thinking that when I was in college in 19, let's see, this was 96 or 97. I was living in, in Boston or in Brighton. And I had a computer with eight megs of Ram on it Mm -hmm. and dragon dictator. One of those come out. Sure. And it worked so much better with 16 megs of Ram that I tried to talk my parents into buying me another eight megs of Ram for $257. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that I could do the, the speech to text better. Right. Right. Like I'd ever use that. And now it's built into everything and I almost never use it. But yeah, it's actually it's, it's, gotten good enough to work on your phone. It's it's frighteningly good, and and not only not only is the recognition good, but the contextual recognition. Where if you say, yeah, it "Knows weird," hey Bill, aware, how's it going? Yeah. Question mark. It's not going to yeah. write out question mark. It will put a question yeah. mark. Yeah. In in fact, if anything, it's gotten to the point where if you don't speak normally, if you break it up like you used to have to do, right? 
it actually has a harder time than if you say if you break it up like you used to have to do. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it's, it's actually, fascinating. It, and and now the next version of of the next dot release, uh, what is it, nine dot three? Yeah, they've supposedly expanded it and and added basically dictation for entire emails because in the text it'll it'll stop after several sentences like there's a buffer or something that that, that needs to catch up but apparently in, right. in the next rev of ios uh you can you can do full dictation of of emails or letters or etc well it should be and it used to, you had to add that if you do it in mac os you have to like have it download a whole extra cache right. of words right. or something. Yeah, you've like got to go to the preference pane. I think there's a enable dictation, something like have that. Have you actually ever used that for no. like a real thing? No. Cause I feel like if you cause you write you handwrite yes. and then you type in. Yeah. Do in you fact, make edits as you're typing or do you type in just whole cloth and then edit? Um depends on the on what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just wondering like maybe that would be an easy way to get what's on the page into the computer and then edit. You know, yeah, I you know I, I've started I've started recording little bits. I've started using the audio recorder more because I'll say something and profound. I'll forget what I said. <laughs> oh, it's not not profound, just coherent. <laughs> <laughs> I actually used words this time. It was right, fantastic right, instead of just sounds. Um, but you know, I, I still do ninety nine percent of it analog. I still have a little field notes, at least one or two of them with me at all times. And, uh, I, I've been trying to get myself in the habit of, of just taking notes throughout my day. And I was hitting a wall and I, you know, I'd start and stop and start and stop. And I, I talked to Christopher Matheson, who is a world-class journaler, a world-class like keeper of notes and lists and things like that. He's, he's phenomenal. And I told him I was, I was having, you know, a lot of difficulty. Is that something you could be world ranked in? If, if you can, he's up there. <laughs> Uh, right, sorry, but yeah. I was telling him that I, I was having a hard time staying with it or deciding what was, you know, sort of worth putting in the in the in the journal or the notebook or, you know, should I just, you know, what how should I do this? And he said, what? Try this. Try just starting with the date. The date. Underline it if you have to, but just start with the date and write down whatever comes to mind throughout that day. Whether it's That's it. profound Anything. or yeah. silly or insignificant, doesn't matter. Played video games, whatever. Just write that down and then the next morning, start a new day. And and I've been doing this now for for a little over two weeks and it's working really well. Some some of the days there's a sentence or two or a couple words. But then other days there are this sort of flourish of of, of ideas uh, or or bullet points or right. little sketches or drawings and taking taking the pressure off of myself and just going look here's the day's notes so h- here are the thoughts that that came yeah. into your whatever it mundane is mundane or profound yeah just write Everything. it down and then at next day start a new day now do you go back and look a week back yes okay. See, that's the thing is that like I I feel like the the longer you do that, the more uh, mental baggage you're carrying around that you feel the need to go back and re, re, re-examine. What I am trying to do is at the end of each week, I'm tr- I'm I've 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 only done it for a couple of weeks, but sitting down for a, a, a checkout. Yeah, well, I'll sit down and I'll see if there are any action items or items that I can add to a to-do list for the following week. Okay. So, so can I, can I turn these thoughts into things somehow? And if so, 
I've I've added them to to do lists. I put them. I use Wonderlist, sure. uh, which is fantastic. It's uh, Mac, PC. I think it's PC, but it's uh, it's it's phone and and computer synced. So you can add thing on add things on one platform and it syncs to the other. And and it it's simple, but feature rich enough for what I do. Uh, now, yeah. if you if you need something more sophisticated, there's something called To Do, the number two and then D O, which I I also have based on uh, Federico Vitici's reference uh, or recommendation rather, and it's terrific. But it's almost more, you know, you know, it, 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 I feel like I have to fill it up. I have to use all of the features. Yeah, which then ends up bogging me down trying to fill up using the features well that's like the um uh, getting things gtg D, you know what i'm talking about yeah. getting things yeah. done yeah uh it sometimes can get overwhelmed like at the point at which your system for organizing is itself needs organization then you've gone too far sure and i mean you could make the parallel with with photography let's say you're you're importing into lightroom or cap capture one or whatever because yeah. you can rate things and keyword things and color code things and do you feel the need to check all those boxes because the tools are there because the yeah. ability to do it is there or yeah. do you just or do you go, use none of those things like yeah Bill? i just i <laughs> the way i do it i import by date and i i cull you know the ones that i don't like that are blurry or way too underexposed or whatever i delete them straight away i don't keep them i don't mark them zero i i throw them away um i try and make it as simple as possible so anyway, I don't know where yeah. I was going with that other than No, it's 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 interesting. I just it's like, yeah. Every time I start doing a, a I try to do I've tried using Wonderlist, which I like, although it's almost even though it's super simple, like it uses enough like white space in the interface that it feels inefficient to me somehow. Like mm, it just feels mm-hmm, like it could mm-hmm, be tighter. Mm-hmm. What I want is just like a really basic list. I just want a text file. Um, so I've actually started using stickies on my computer. Oh, okay. like I just stick a sticky yeah. in the upper left-hand corner. And I just yeah. type on it when I, something comes up and I use that as like my to-do list. And which are those... great because it doesn't sync. So, oh, okay. I was just going to ask. Well, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't ping your phone. No, although, I mean, I guess you could use the, um, what about notes? The built-in well, notes that's, that syncs. There's notes and there's reminders, which is already built in iOS, which is which can do pretty much all that Wonderlist does. You know what I mean? Like you could have different lists and you can check them off. Huh. Um, and I use that a little bit. Like I make lists of stuff. That's usually if I come up with an idea for something, I'm like, oh, I should try doing a portrait with blah, 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 lighting. I'll just make a little note of it. Or if I see something in a movie that I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool how you use blue edge light or whatever that. And I'll type in try blue edge light, you know. Do you um, ever sketch out little lighting diagrams or do you, are you not a, a, a sketcher in that way? Oh, I can't draw to save my life. I took, yeah. I, I, drew, I drew, it's funny. I drew a picture of Conrad on the train the other day cause we were coming home late at night and she was reading her book and I had sketchbook X, you know, the Autodesk oh, uh-huh, sketchbook. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I will, I will show you the, the picture I drew. I'll send it to you. Uh, the picture I drew of Conrad. Fair enough. Uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm terrible. So the sketching usually doesn't do me any good because I don't understand what it is that I drew after. Come I Come on, they they come can't be any it. worse than McNally's sketches. Have you seen his lighting diagrams? Uh, yeah, they actually are as bad as McNally's lighting <laughs> diagrams. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've I've had a very McNally week. I had I had I hung out with Kent last night, who assisted McNally for years, and right. Uh, I had lunch with Brad Moore from from hey, uh, from Kelby's thing, who was with uh. Did you get a sense of what went on there? Was it was it money and and profit driven? Did they just are they just not making them the revenue that they used to be? 
Uh, I don't know exactly. Um, hmm. You know, he wanted to try something new, so he's going in a different direction. Uh, he Kelby, seems, not he Brad. Uh, Brad, no, Brad w- w- was kind of like it, it all worked out. I guess mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You know, it was sort of a mutual kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's like he's getting into shooting himself, which is really great. So we had lunch; it was a good time. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, he's still working for Kelby because Kelby's still doing talks. He's still doing like freelance work for him because. Kelby was in New York doing a thing at the Javits Center this weekend. Oh, just not, he's not on staff like he was. Yeah, like exactly. So, you know, Um, but it's, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other world, but yeah. Anyway, but they, they both worked for McNally, which I just think is kind of funny. Uh, Everyone works for McNally at some point in their life, apparently. (laughs) Not me. Everyone works for McNally. (laughs) Title. Right, right. Uh, Uh, What else you got? You 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 put this in the the, the Fuji a lot of a lot of fur, fervor over the uh, over Fuji discontinuing the uh, their 100C peel apart film. Yeah, when I put this in, you wrote yeah, Duh. obviously or something. Yeah, did you mean just because that that it already happened and I didn't know about it, or that obviously no, like it's it going was, away? It was going away. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I find it funny. It's like people are oh, sign this petition. Look, they don't need names; they need money. Yeah, Fuji, you, they're not selling enough of this stuff. Right. It's so just not- you, you can you can sign a petition all you want, but unless you're going to purchase this product, yeah, it's yeah. going away. I have um, so the, 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 what we're talking about is a it's Fuji 100 speed color instant film. They make a four by five, and they make the smaller whatever it is three quarter by four and a quarter. I guess it is. Is, um, is that that? But it's different than the Instax film. The in, or Instax. <clears throat> Yeah, that's the tiny, tiny ones, right? Right, This is this is sort of medium sized, Um, and so the 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 three three and a quarter by four and a quarter goes in like a Hasselblad back or a back for like the old Fuji Polaroid cameras, you know, Mm -hmm. like those old Mm -hmm. ones. Um, And then they made a four by five film, which was kind of like a pack, like a Polaroid pack, where there was eight or I think it's ten frames. Like what would be equivalent to like a Polaroid six hundred or something like that. Yeah, well, in yeah, function, but the six hundred pops. The six hundred actually pops the thing out. I'm talking about peel apart, right? So it's still oh, like okay. you pull it out and you peel like it apart, like the old land camera. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they make one of those, but it used you had to have a special back for this stuff on your four by five. You had to have a Fuji film back for this film. Mm. Um, and I remember years ago, I went and I wanted to buy one. And this is here. Can I tell a little anecdote? Um, sure. I, I went to, I went <laughs> no, to, Adir- we, we don't want to get off topic here on this show. <laughs> I went and I went to Adorama and this is, this is like an anecdote and take from it what you will, you know? Um, but I went to Adorama and I waited in line and got my uh, little number. Uh, how long ago? Uh, this was probably 2007. Okay. So 2007 Adorama, New York. Yeah. Number. I walked it. in. Yeah. Got my number. Like I'm at a deli counter and I finally get up to like some 25, 30 year old guy. who's was like, all right, what can I get you? Like sitting at his computer, you know? And the way they do is they look it up and then they go bring it to you and they show it to you and then you go pick it up at the front, you know, after you pay for it. Sure. Um, so you go talk to a guy at a computer who like calls it up for you. Um, and I was like, I'm looking for, Fuji makes a four by five back for their pack film that I'm looking for. And the guy was like, Fuji, uh, uh, you mean like this? And I was like, no, not that. It's it's for four by five peel apart film. It's like a they sell these packs and you stick them in this back that goes on your four by five camera. And the guy like was just not getting what I was talking about. Uh, you know, uh, we don't sell them, you know, because he couldn't find it. Hmm. Um, I left. 
I went around the corner to um oh what's the hell is the place called on twenty second street? Tri State Photo. I'm looking. Uh no, better than that. Um so <laughs> wow. I go around the corner. Slam. <laughs> Suck it. The Tri State uh, photo truck that travels around me. Yeah. No. I, I went know. to Photo Care. Um, uh, okay. And I walk in and I walk up to the guy. He's like, Hey, what can I do for you? I was like, I'm looking for a Fuji four by five pack. And as I was saying it, he like opened up the thing underneath him and pulled it out and put it on the desk. And I was huh. like, and this is why you go to photo care. Cause these guys are like, are they the still actual, there? Yeah, they're still there. Yeah. And they're the super photo nerds. They're like the guys who know the stuff. They're not just guys selling product. They're like, they're the nerds who use the stuff, you know? And I, uh, I will always respect photo care for that one little thing that happened to me. So the, I still they, have that back. Actually, are I they photo retail professionals? Uh, does it say that? No, I don't know. I, uh, I'm yeah. just asking photo you based cares. on our based on our Ansel Adams discussion. Uh, I think that they would be yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I would I would give that to them. Uh, it, it's it's funny. It says photo care taking extraordinary care of photographers worldwide since 1968. That's a and long you know time. Sixty eight. Their prices, their prices are not like the cheapest. Right. But you know what? This is like where you go when you want to support the little guy who actually is doing it right. You know? Right. And this is the places that go out of Photo business. Care. Anyway, I had one of these backs, and uh, and I still do actually. I've actually probably has some film in it. I should go buy one more pack of this stuff and shoot it just for you know giggles before it goes away. Yeah, because uh, it's sad. It is. Well, anyway, I mean, look, it's it's a it's a small market. It's an expensive product relative to other yeah, no solutions. One's, no one's using that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, uh, here it is. It's a Fujifilm PA 45 film holder. Uh, and they apparently B&H says call to order 125 bucks. Hmm. Um, and I think I paid like $80 for it. So it's actually cost more now than it did back in the day. And you can get them for $45 on 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 ebay 15 dollars for one of them that's sad (laughs) man this stuff just goes away you know it's amazing how stuff becomes it's like it's useful and then it goes out of favor and then there's the people who want the thing because it's out of favor and then it becomes useful again and then it goes right off a cliff it's the same thing that happens with ram and computers like if you try to find ddr2 ram for somebody's computer from 10 years ago yeah it's hard to find now or a motherboard actually, for a uh, generation six, you know, exactly like yours, right? Yeah. yeah. If you had to replace your five hundred dollars, yeah, you'd be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. You'd be more. You'd be better off selling all the parts that remain and just buying a new machine. Yes. Yeah, which is what I did with Cisco's machine recently. Anyway, still have to solve this stuff. Anyway, hey, uh, so yeah, it's discontinued. I have a printer right. question for you. Why didn't they just use an Epson? No, 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 it's not that. Oh, okay. uh, do you have any juice on uh, dye versus pigment? Yeah. Do I have any thoughts on the matter? Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, because um, there was a time when the when when the dye based inks were not as light fast; they weren't as permanent. Yeah, uh, but I think arguably we, still aren't. But okay, but, but go but ahead. How far out? I mean, are we are we talking about because it's this? They is what, say that yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that it, it seems like like the new Canon. The reason I'm asking is I'm looking for a new printer, right? And uh, they're you know Canon Epson. Canon uses uh, dye based ink. Uh, at least the one I'm looking at, or the two that I'm waffling on. Uh, Epson's use pigment ink. Yes. Uh, and I for my purposes, I wasn't sure if the dye-based inks would work with 
my analog process, my my making emulsion transfers. So uh, I yeah, I, tweeted, I was actually going to say, what do they say? Well, I tweeted Golden, who makes Golden Acrylics makes the the it's called a digital ground is the product, uh, and I said, hey, does does you know the digital ground does it work with dye based ink? And they said, oh yeah, works terrific, no problem at okay. all. All of them, the, whether you're using the the semi gloss or the matte or the or the white, uh, works just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we should back up a little bit for people who don't know what we're talking about. So okay. th- th- there are there are inkjet printers that use inks that are based upon pigments like paint would have been in the old days, where it's actually little chunks of colored stuff inside um, and that that is sitting in some sort of you know alcohol substrate or wherever the mm-hmm. hell they stick it into, yeah, and so some sort of binder solution type right. thing. So when it sprays onto the paper, it kind of sits on top of the paper and it re- keeps its color for. 100 years 200 years theoretically uh because it's sort of an inert material that you sprayed onto the paper um where there are also usually in the old days less expensive printers like if you have a four of a three-in-one scanner printer thing that also prints photos those photos are not going to last very long at least up until recently those photos are not going to last very long they use dye-based inks um which uh when light hits them they break down the dyes break down and so they fade very quickly and that kind of stuff. So for a long time, if you wanted to be a serious uh, uh, printer at home with your inkjet and printing photos, want to be serious about it, you want to do uh, pigment because the prints would last longer. Sure. Uh, but the, now the, the, tr- the trade-off was the, the and and still is to a certain extent. Yep. Pigment ink printers are not as vibrant or saturate as yep. dye-based printers. Yes, and uh, arguably uh, th- that's still true, that that dye has a larger gamut than pigment does. Um, although Epson and all these other companies have expanded their pigment colors by adding, now I think mine is eight color, you mm-hmm. know, a printer. Mm-hmm. They add a magenta and a light cyan or whatever it is to like to, to make up the difference. Um, arguably, yeah, that's still a thing, and dyes always had they had a little more pop to them prints sure. from dye yeah. printers. Yeah. Uh, but that, but that the, people were always worried about their light fastness. And a lot of these companies, especially Canon has come out with these new, our dye inks will now last for a hundred years. I think what they've done is they've sort of encapsulated the dye inside of these particles. So it's cheaper. That's the one thing about pigment inks. Pigment inks are generally more expensive than dye inks because they're harder to make. Um, so your answer is, are new dye printers good enough to use for this stuff? From what I understand, yes. I use a pigment printer, but that's because that's the last one I bought. If I had to buy right. another one today, the Canon printers are a lot cheaper than the Epson, aren't they? Um, depends I mean, on the not model. not a lot cheaper. I mean, but... I'm looking at the, the P600, uh, okay. 13 by 19 printer, and uh, the Canon, it's the Pixma 100, which right now has a pretty fantastic rebate through B&H. Um, and somebody on the group, and I think it was Danny, I, I sent him a message. He bought one, uh, and I just wanted to hear the thoughts of it, uh, what he thought of it. Um, yeah, I used to have – I had a Canon 9900i, like I think something like that, back mm-hmm. in the day. This is like 10 years ago, and I, I also – I started doing the thing where I was refilling my cartridges with third-party inks, and I got, oh. I got, I got heavy into that stuff for a while, um, and I had – I, I, I printed out test prints and actually sent them to a guy that I had met and he made ICC profiles for my third party ink on the papers that I used, mm-hmm. uh, these like custom profiles and they worked right, great, right. but 
my mother had one of them up in her house. I made a black and white print of like these flower something or other. And she had it. I remember she had it up like in, in the bathroom of her house in Southbury. And then I bought, I, I made her another print like two years later when I got a, when I had, I was using an HP B8130 or whatever the hell it was, uh, a pigment HP printer for a while. And when you put them up next to each other, the pigment one was far more neutral because the blacks are actually black. They're actual mm-hmm. carbon, you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. opposed to like mm-hmm. just sort of a bunch of dyes stacked on top of each other. So, but, th- but that was, you know, old technology versus newer technology. I bet if you bought the two today and printed out two things, they'd look pretty great. Both of them. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. so I'm, I'm debating. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be like cameras where there, there are trade-offs either way and yep. you can't really go wrong. Uh, $389 for the pro 100. How much does B and H have it for? Uh well there's a there's a two hundred fifty dollar rebate wow which brings it down to like one forty nine after rebate six dollars yeah that's right we're gonna pay you fourteen dollars to take this printer <laughs> today only yeah that's um, see the, oh, so yeah, I don't know but I don't I don't want to get into something just based on price if it's not going to a be light fast or or b uh you know be enough quality to to justify well, here's the using other thing. It. Well, with the light fastness thing too, you are layering stuff underneath other stuff, right? Yeah, You're, and then you, the whole you, thing gets sealed with a UV protectant. Right. So I think I wonder if that stuff even matters as much to you yeah. versus just having it under a piece of glass and bright sunlight. Yeah, it's going to fade. But your thing where you're you're shellacking it and keeping it a lot of it is also keeping it away from the air mm-hmm. and light. You know, so if your thing shellacked, basically sealing those dyes underneath a bunch of plastic, there's nowhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, hey, for 120 something dollars, how can you go wrong? Right. Right. You I know? mean, even if it only lasts a few paintings and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's 120 bucks. Right. Like, right. 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 You know, uh, yeah, I, I would I would go for it. That's a good deal. I mean, I have my what do I have? A thirty eight hundred. Something like that? No. I had a 3800 like and there's the oh, 3800. Oh, I have an R3000. That's R3000. Right. R- yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if I could get another, I just don't want to spend $1,200 on another, on another printer. I'm not going to use it enough at the moment to, to justify that expense. Yeah. And now that Adorama is literally a 15 minute walk from my house. Yeah. The, where they print prints. Yeah. It's like, I can get it the next, like, how often do I actually need a print that day? Right. And if I, you know, you know, if all I were doing is printing photographs, I, I would depend completely on a service bureau. But since I'm going to be printing on, on, you know, custom substrates and, and yeah. emulsion and, and that kind of thing, I need something that I have the ability to do that here. Don't you love the, the even the idea of a service bureau? Sounds so, it's so old school, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> You're thinking about oh, really? Secret Did Life you bring of Walter Mitty, aren't you? Service bureau? Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good movie no jeffrey i'm not gonna take the picture i've been waiting six weeks to take right sometimes you just need to watch just let it go just watch it it's a a beautiful animal that's right i'm i'm so damn good looking out here in the woods right he was he was so damn good looking he was so good and then he went and played soccer i love that go sean penn (sighs) anyway uh what else you got uh i think we're good let's talk about imaginary imaginary Imaginary, all the people. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like. Oh, Rob Eves is nice with the with the where the. 
image got like kind of sucked off on the left hand side. That's nice. Yeah, is I wonder is that a what happened there, Rob? Is that a yeah. print that that did the was did that the intentional print, or did you? Well, it almost looks like it almost looked like looks like the printer. He used dye inks. Oh, great! Thanks. <laughs> my friend Uh, bill wadman i like uh oh phil's picture of this woman like on her knees is kind of cool too that's oh with the kind of the the shadow creating stocking lines yeah that's beautiful interesting that's really nice uh Um, lance yeti at the ice fest that's pretty funny that's a kind of a sad yeti to be honest i mean were you you cold inside that suit (laughs) suit You're like costume. <laughs> oh, you th- oh, I oh, see. What you're- oh, wink, wink. Yes, I was very chilly. <laughs> uh, Dave Gardner's been killing it with these uh, with these beach things. Gardner's been wrecking. You think, it. it's a, you think it's HDR? If it is, he's doing it right. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. I actually if, like. If it the, is, one he should. The- he should uh, we should call Trey Ratcliffe and go look here. <laughs> yeah. I like the star one too. It's fantastic. The, with the, the, the light yeah. painting on the building. Yeah. I, I messaged him about that. Uh, we should do uh, an astrophotography meetup. I'm throwing it out there. Gardner, let me know if you're in. Although don't tell Piper cause she'll get all, you know, weirded out if not the right yeah. people show up. Well, you, you know what we need to do? Uh, you know, it's cool. We got to get uh, Alan Bailward with his new Ken, Pentax K1 that actually moves the sensor to now, did follow he, the light. Are trails. they out? Did he get it? I don't know if you got it. I think he's planning on getting it. I think the problem with that camera is is the lens situation because I don't know if it's quite there yet. Ah. Um, uh, but, uh, okay. but yeah. What else we got? Oh, uh, uh, it's good stuff. Sorry, Mo Morgan. I, I like the texture else. and the color in that. That's nice. Where's that? Uh, oh, more more. Oh yeah, yeah. What is? The, what are those things? They're like like traffic what? cones, but they've what been buried that? in mud. It looks like so they've lost all Green their color. Mud. Uh, Ugh. Lance. I was on the seaside. Got it. Thank you for posting this this Red Bull thing. Uh, I was I was all a pucker watching this thing. That 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 takes some some determination. Watch this thing, Bill. If you haven't, this guy. Wait, which one is that? Uh, it's a video. I, think I watched it th- with the bicyclists uh, and the shipping containers. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping yeah. like eighty feet down onto this. I- yeah. No. I don't understand. I don't understand how people ride bikes like off the tops of houses and just kind of like land with a little bounce. Right. I would yeah. go. Yeah, I would, I would land like, with a crater. On the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, has it gotten to the point where the 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 uh, what's it called? are that good. The shocks are that good on those things. There aren't any, though. Can, That's these are all fixies. They're, they're not fixies, but they're 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 uh, uh, rigid. They're hard to. <sighs> it's impossible. Uh, Martin. Martin, you've been killing it with these reflections. I love these. He's, uh, he's, uh, I, I think he's going to share a new project soon that he's been involved in. It's really exciting. So well done. Uh, Dennis Rancourt, what a cool doorway that is. I mean, how do, okay, I'm still on the fact that these people are like falling off of houses with bikes. <laughs> and like, I, I don't understand. I'll put a link to show notes. I've fallen off a curb. I don't need to fall off a house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I got my hands in my pockets. I fall on my face. Right. Uh, so, so this week, uh, good, good stuff as usual. Great stuff. Uh, this week, this 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 assignment this week comes from this aperture book, and okay. uh, Minor White would give the same assignment to everyone, 
and and have them come back with it. And and one of the assignments that he gave, uh, he called it in the style of. So go out and take a photograph in the style of X. Insert, Somebody else. Insert your favorite photographer or, you know, it doesn't even have to be your favorite. Uh, yep. So what do you think of that? In the style of. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I do that all the time for myself when I'm trying to figure out how other people do stuff. I'm like, I want to take this like that. How did that guy do get that effect? You well, know? and it's a terrific and way to learn. Even if you don't get it, you get close. And yeah. that's what's important. Yeah. So in the style of. Yeah. Who are you, who are you going to do? Mm, I don't know. Form of a bucket of water. That's right. Shape of an eagle. <laughs> Shape of a monkey. What does an eagle need with a bucket of water? Come on. I don't now. know. A block of ice. Yeah. Shape of uh, an ice umbrella. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Against radioactive of. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get back to me on that if you're still alive. Uh, radioactive man, I like that. Um, didn't we wait? Did I make a, co- a reference to a superhero thing at the beginning? Oh, the swamp monster. Swamp monster. Jeffrey yeah. and Bill meet the swamp monster. Swamp thing. Yeah, swamp thing. All right, we're gonna have to write that one. In so, uh, who do you got for photographer of the week? Who, Bill? Who have you found? Uh. <laughs> I uh, was having lunch with a coupon the other day. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you guys need to, to, to look up. You need to look up uh, Ritzard Horowitz. And I was just like, I don't know Ritzard. the name. And Is that how you put it? Ritzard? Yeah. Ritzard Well, that's Horowitz. so funny. I listened to some videos and people are saying it with like a Polish, like Eastern European accident, uh, accent rather. <laughs> Eastern, Eastern European, European accident. accident? <laughs> okay, that's the title. <laughs> There's a pile up in Eastern Europe at the moment. <laughs> I can't even type. Okay, anyway. So um so he says, You gotta check this guy out. This guy was doing crazy basically in remember when we talked about um uh Cherovkov? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that guy who was doing like in camera special effects stuff that you couldn't kind of couldn't believe. Right. Go look at this guy's site. He was doing stuff like in 1969 in camera, like special effects. Well, okay. The early stuff is all in camera. And, and then he started, he started doing, look at that third picture. If you go to his site of uh, Jackie Smith, where it's like her head, but her, but hand is the rest of her body. Right. Yeah. That's how cool that is. Yeah. 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 Or or this is all just sort of forced perspective in camera type thing. I'm assuming multiple exposures because I don't know how else you would get both of those things in focus. You know what I mean? Was he doing things in the dark room like Woolsman does or, or that's what I try. I'm trying to like, I watched some documentaries about him um, and they show him doing a lot of this stuff. Look at the the pearly hand, uh, the one with the nautilus shell, the hand, and then the the face in between the thumb and forefinger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. all in camera. I, I, I that's what I'm trying to figure out. But even if it isn't in camera, he's definitely doing it in the dark room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is all this is 1970. Uh, but apparently, a lot of the stuff that he does uh, was like in camera, like like uh, Cherovkov did, and. Uh, there's a set of pictures oh, in this here. This fake dolly is great. It looks like something from Time Bandits. Yes. Well, see, that's the thing. A lot of these have that very like 80s feel. Yeah, they look like, like the... 80s album covers, don't they? Yeah. Did you see the one fake dolly where it's that's like- That's the one I just said, fake dolly. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I missed what you said. Yeah, that totally feels like it, right? Um, and there's there's a set that he did where he has these birds 
in front of people's eyes. Uh, where's the where's the one? Where is it? Let me go find it. Is it all there's just a sh- one big portfolio here? They don't. They're not. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's not very well put together. Um, yeah, these, but they're God, like this feels like you know like an Asia album cover or something. You know, like yeah, a Roger yeah, yeah, Dean yeah. painting or e- Eli's tune from 1999, where it's like a guy tight roping on a cello strings with like a bow in his hand. Oh, yep, got it, got it. You know, there's like it's just kind of trippy, weird stuff this guy was doing. And way ahead of its time. Oh, the one next to it, Pearl Birth. That that completely mm-hmm. feels like like a prog rock album cover, doesn't it? Look at that. Yeah, it does, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Park Avenue, the one where it's all like, yeah, yeah these totally. Yeah, this is right up your alley. It's like they're all Rush covers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's a picture, which I can't seem to find in here, that I totally was looking at yesterday, where it was like this model with her face... Oh, actually, wait. There are there are multiple things. If you go up and roll over portfolio, oh, okay. yep, yeah, yeah, found um, it. Here, go to digital fourth picture in. Okay, and it's like this One, two, nude three. woman with these two birds over her eyes. So oh, it like looks wow. like their eyes. How cool is that? That's super. Now, are we seeing just their eyes, or are we pushing through to see hers at all? I think it looks like it's a little bit of hers too, right? Because like, look, it's got like an eyelid. Yeah, the lids are different, aren't they? Wow. Yeah. But it totally works, right? It's yeah, like it cool. And so this was a lot of digital stuff. And I think this a lot of this stuff, you know, is pretty hip. Yeah. Um, he also stuff. shot a bunch of jazz guys. Now, the the reason why this guy is ultimately really fascinating as well, uh, and go look at some of this, go look at some of the architectural ones. Oh, the jazz stuff he's is like, great. The See, now this is, is so great. different. He's he's just doing like mm. basically straight triax. Coleman Hawkins, Jerry Mulligan, just yep. straight yep. up on stage. The jazz stuff is very early. So the the story behind this guy is that he was born right before World War II, and he was a, a Jew in Poland. He was at Auschwitz. Oh, as no a little kidding. kid. Oh my god, and survived. Oh my gosh. And him and the remainder of his family moved back to Krakow, and he was actually apparently friends with Roman Polanski when he was younger. Well, Polanski's in that video that you posted. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and oh, then great he, shot of Duke Ellington. Oh, and I think that's what a lot of, I think a lot, from what I understand, a lot of the jazz shots were actually shot in Poland when those guys would go over there. Okay. Okay. And then he moved over to, to New York and went to Pratt Institute and started, was an art director and then started shooting his own crazy stuff over oh, in New York. Great shot. of Charlie And that's kind of where he goes. Yeah, these are terrific. These jazz shots are fantastic. And then go go look at the architecture stuff. And he does this weird stuff where he stacks pictures and then inverts stuff. So they end up looking like these uh, crazy. Oh. They almost look like uh, like they're they're uh, uh, not montages. What's the word I'm looking for? Where it's oh, like a wow, m- multiple pictures all merged. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Almost remember that that Microsoft app that came Photosynth. Yes, kind of like Photosynth. It's, it's kind of like these that, things right? are way earlier than that. Yeah, but look at some of the ones. Look at like the sixth or eighth one where it's just like buildings somehow overlapping. And at first, it looks wow. like one solid thing, and then you start noticing all the weird distortions in it. Yeah, but it's it still like kind of you, you've got these weird sort of uh, uh, rectangular to polar conversions yes, where, it, where it's making exactly. these weird curves out of everything. Oh, this is really trippy stuff. And some of it, I think he actually is just messing with stuff in Photoshop because some of them, like if you go really far and you get to one called City Park, where it's obviously trying to merge a panorama, but failing, but the failing actually kind of works. Uh, okay. See, these, it's like, uh, I don't know, a page oh, in yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. 
And I almost wow. feel like maybe we should try this for next week as like an assignment or something like like failed panorama to see like what kind of cool effects you can get out of merging thing is a panorama that's not actually a panorama. Yeah, not not a panorama on your phone where you're taking one continuous right. merge, but take multiple, multiple images and merge them in, in Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, this guy's been through it all. And I think especially the analog ones, the stuff that he was doing... There's something about that head on the hand. Mm -hmm. I guess if you were shooting large format and you tilted the plane of focus, you could go all the way out to her head. I should try that. Some of it's going to be defocused. It's not going to stay in focus. Yeah, but look, the finger. Okay, the fingers in front foreground low. The rest of her hand is actually pretty much in that middle sloping away from you. Hmm. And then going all the way up to her head. And if you stop down to 64 or something like that on a, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if you could get it good enough because we're only seeing a really low res version. Right, I wonder what right, it looks right. like big. Anyway, the guy was obviously, you know, fascinating stuff. Monster guy who's doing stuff that's way out there and not our normal cup of tea. Yep. Like, um, it. anyway, there good you call. go. Richard Horowitz. So check that out. Re, so what's, what's the Ritzard? first? Richard. Richard. Yeah, let's try that. Horowitz. Richard. Essentially Horowitz. Richard Horowitz, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, good find. Thanks, coupon. Yeah. Yeah, I know. See, he's he's doing it. He's in Rome right now. You know what he's doing there? What the Romans do? Yeah, he's he's Roman. Yeah. But I'm uh, okay. What else you got? Uh I think that's it. Are we good? Yeah, I think I, another I think we, another we stellar episode. <laughs> Man, we were all over the place, but I think this actually felt good this show. I like Jam packed. Uh Podcast at ontakingpictures.com uh, can, uh, uh, is, is where you can email us. We yep. are, you can leave us a voicemail, 347-687-9411. Uh, Jeffrey and I are on Twitter and Instagram, Bill Wadman, Jeffrey Sidoris. Yep. Uh, you got a new PD coming out anytime soon? <sighs> Been some scheduling issues. I apologize, gang. Uh, and then I completely, full disclosure, I completely destroyed an episode audio problems on my end it Whoopsie. was it was it was my fault unsalvageable uh, unsalvageable i i could <laughs> i could re-record pickups for everything but yeah. that feels a little disingenuous so uh my guest was kind enough to agree to re-record it so we are going to do another one uh but yes there are multiple episodes trying to get worked out um, okay uh, yeah i believe me i've beat myself up over this more than any of you ever will so the uh um yeah well i'm sure it'll be good it's fine it's fine yeah. but i'm I, um, i've got a new paintings in the works uh hey I, i'm, I'm going to talk about this next week but uh i ordered a book called s period by jj abrams okay and if you do just do do a search for jj abrams s period uh an image search like a google image search and it's it is this this story uh, called the ship of Theseus, and it's it's there's ephemera that comes with it. There are notes written in the margin. It looks like this is a an old found object that someone has has. Uh, but it's created. It's created. Yes. So I ordered that, and I ordered uh, a, a game that I've been looking forward to for quite some time now. It's called the Division. It's a Tom Clancy game. It comes out today, as a matter of fact. Uh, there is a companion book that was written called New York: The Collapse. Okay. Uh, which is very similar. It's it's got this uh, this this very found object feel to it. 
it it comes with uh, with you know posters and a a a, a, a fake uh, uh, subway card. You know they couldn't include a real one for sure for legal reasons. Legal reasons, yeah. But it uh, comes with all sorts of ephemera, and again, writing in the margins, it's stained and ripped. And this torn. S period is super cool, isn't it? Neat. Oh, that's cool. I, I might get that. Yeah, I, I just ordered it, so it, sh- it should be here tomorrow. Um, and and the, the reason I'm, I'm teasing all this is I've got this new series that I'm working on that's that's rooted in kind of privacy and surveillance and and uh, f- found objects and and so I'm I'm using this stuff as research material. Uh, yep. So I, I thought you'd get a kick out of it, and, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit, not a lot, but I can post some some photos of it when I when sure. I get these two things. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, uh, and uh, the latest episode of Ask Mel and Dan, you're going to love this, Jeffrey. Guy's got a 610. He wants to upgrade his Nikon to either an 810 or the D5, the new one. So he's trying to figure out which one to go for. And then this guy writes Wait, in, a why, listener of why ours. Why does he not like the 610? What's wrong with it? It's supposed to be a fantastic camera. I agree. He says that his images he's getting out of it aren't sharp enough. I think there's either something going on with lenses or some technique thing, but but he seems determined. He's got wow. two of them, and he's having the same problem with both. So I don't know. I, I would find it suspect that both cameras would be guilty of the same. Well, although, you know, if it's if, if they're both from the same production That's run. That's the thing. Yeah, if he bought two of them at the same time. I, anyway. would, I would first look at the serial numbers and see how close they are in production runs. Yeah, or send them in and get them checked out. Um, yeah. And the other thing, the other guy, this guy, Lewis, who I think is a listener of this show, uh, law, basically his hard drive got corrupt, Yeah, but he was able to recover all the files, but only as garblygook.jpg. Like he lost mm. and, and they're in 400,000 folders that it recovered them into, right, but not right, the folders right. they were originally into. And he had to go like reorganize all of his stuff. Uh, is, is Gottesman a Nikon guy? Yes, he, he is. Can't. Ask him, is there a way, because I have a similar issue. Okay. I have the NEF files. Yeah. I can see a preview of them. Okay. But for some reason, uh, I can't I can't edit them in anything. So is there a way to extract just the preview from an NEF file, from a corrupt uh, NEF I file? I will ask him. There's yeah. probably, there's got to be tools online that you can do think. that, right? You would there think. There aren't? You checked? I couldn't find anything that... that worked all right i will make a note and ask him because that's a good question yeah um yeah it's a it's like these weird like little technical foibles and then one of the things that lewis said was that some of the files wouldn't open like it said that photoshop couldn't parse them and dan was like sometimes when you recover stuff it puts on the wrong file extension hmm. like it, it sees it's an image so it's six jpeg but when really it's a ping or something like that and, oh really yeah and the guy emailed us and said yeah, I changed a couple of them and it worked. So thank you for that. I was like, wow, that was, I pulled that out. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. I, wonder, I figured maybe the file became corrupt. Were these see. ones you recovered? Yeah, these are ones I recovered. Um, Might want to so, cha- try changing the file extension, see if it's something that you don't think it is. Are you uh, sure yeah. they're RAWs? Uh, it's putting them as NEF. Let's see if I do, if I change one to JPEG. Look at this. Real, real time, real time, real people. time follow up. Uh, nope. It's the, the, hmm. Weird. It's it's yeah. preview is letting me open it, but it's a tiny, tiny, a tiny, tiny thing. See, that's the problem. The pre the, the JPEG preview that might be in that might be tiny too. You know what I mean? It might not be full res. Yeah. Uh, so you nope. might be able to get something out of it, but not what you can't I wonder how it got the corrupt. There's got to be a way to uncorrupt 
a raw file, even if what you got was a little corrupted, at least be able to open it. Right. Like yeah, a repair a repair feature. Because you got to think that it's got to be like in the header or the metadata at the beginning of the file that's the problem rather than the data in the file. Well, here's the data what's, in the file could be whatever. Here's what's weird. It's showing the preview as an icon, but if you if you click on the file, the preview in the right pane, you know how on the, on the, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Explorer pane is, is all black. Yeah, some, yeah, so that file's corrupt somehow. There's got to be a way to repair it. I don't and know, they're, and they're only they're only like eight hundred k a piece, which yeah. Seems, oh well, that's really small. That seems really small for a raw file. That seems like that probably can't be raw, or if it is, it's it's a chunk of a raw file and not the rest of it. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I'll yeah, I'll ask him. Um, that's a good one. Maybe we'll have you call in. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, go check that out. Um, uh, okay. Anything else? No. Good. All right. This Thanks is for show. listening, everyone. Uh, Thank you. Uh, we will see you next week. Oh, and you know what? This was uh, what was this? This was we didn't say at the top of the show. This was episode two hundred two. You, you said that I think. Didn't you? Did I? Yeah. I think so. right. well, well, now well, it's the tail of the show too. Yeah. Top so and the, tail. Top. That's right. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> see you later. <laughs> see you. Say what you wanna say I know what you will say Will you